Hello, everyone. Welcome to the whole cast. Sorry we missed you last week. Had some technical difficulties. Have some again today. Robert doesn't have a video feed, but he's here on audio and pretty pretty positive note actually. Finally, a win. First time since December in the league. Some really important points, Robert. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the the pulsating seventy five hundred orb that you see on your screen is very happy right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but I mean, we get we get to play West Brom again, so that's kind of kind of exciting. I, I don't know if "get" is the right word at this point. We we play West Brom again. I, I'm equal parts terrified and thrilled for Saturday's match. I mean, I, th I think I think we won the the important one, though. At least, I mean, in in my opinion, I think I thought the league game was more important. Obviously, it'd be great to. Have Say that again, Jack. You froze up a little bit. Hopefully, you can actually still hear me. Okay, there, Jack. Is it just my connection that makes you seem as if you're frozen? Oh, no, you appear to be saying that you're frozen. Jack appears to have frozen up, uh, and so I'll take over for just a minute here. He's disappeared. Not a big deal. Uh, but like he was saying, yeah, probably the more important of the two matches that we won. Uh, when that whole thing got drawn... You there? You're muted, Jack. <laughs> what is wrong with this camera? So... I have no idea. I would just leave it on the, on the computer mic. Yes, you able to hear me now? Absolutely. Yep, he's frozen again. If Jack keeps having troubles, we may just switch to audio only today. Yeah, we, we may just want to do that. Uh, which isn't a big deal. I apologize for the lack of video on this. Uh, but like I was just saying, Jack, when, when we first drew West Brom for that FA Cup quarterfinal, my initial thought was I would rather see us win the FA Cup match. Uh, but as it got closer and we lost matches elsewhere, it became pretty apparent that we should, you know, win the league match, more importantly than the FA Cup match. And he seems to have dropped again. Why do we always have the strangest tech problems? I apologize for all of this. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to be looking for this weekend's FA Cup match, the quarterfinal against West Bromwich Albion. Uh, it's has me a little bit worried. Uh, when Jack gets back, we'll see if he's at all worried about this. Uh, the problem was, I, despite the fact that Villa were absolutely, I think, dominant in Tuesday's match in the league, uh, one of the issues was it took them until literally the dying seconds to get through because they keep making that one mistake that always seems to happen there. Uh, and that one mistake keeps punishing them because they're so incapable of scoring elsewhere uh, that it puts them at a real... Uh, disadvantage if they let thing up. And so on Tuesday that one mistake was of course the goal off of the corner there. Uh, you saw uh, Villa's corner defense be pretty terrible again. Uh, yeah, Jack, Robert, are you able to hear me? Yeah, absolutely. Hooray. Yeah, yeah, but um, I, yeah, I was looking at the stats and West Brom, they only were able to manage three shots. Yeah, exactly. And and, and really like, I was just, like I was just saying, it was it's that one shot that goes in 
this seems to doom Villa lately. Yeah, and and from the set piece and West Brown, they had three corners. I think they they look pretty dangerous every time, and I guess that's what you're going to get from a Pulis side. But I mean, you st you still have got to defend better than that. Yeah, absolutely. And it has been in the past few matches we've seen Villa have just one stupid mistake almost every single match, and it's that one mistake that ends up costing or nearly costing them uh, the whole thing. Yeah, West Brom able to take advantage of that, and like like you were saying, it looked for all the world like they were going to get the point from that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was literally into the dying seconds of that match, and um, the, the really frustrating thing about that is the fact that Villa, to my eyes at least, were dominant for the match. Oh d yeah, definitely. I think I think they really deserved the win. I mean, took the first penalty of the season to get it, but. I think they were good value for it. I mean, they had almost 59% of the ball. And, yeah. I mean, the, the first half, I think the first half was really much more dominant. West Brom kind of had some moments in the second half, but Delph hitting the post, and Igbanahor uh, could have had a penalty maybe, and another, yeah, that was the effort that was cleared off the line by Lescott. Yeah, absolutely. It, um... So, so here's, I guess, my question for you, because this is what's been going back and forth in my head. Are you taking away the fact that Villa were dominant and they could very easily do that again on Saturday, or are you taking away the fact that we're currently in that sort of position where one mistake dooms us? Yeah, I, th I think the one mistake, it's really going to doom you if you're able to score only one goal, but with Benteke able to get that penalty, that's going to be a huge confidence boost. Yeah, and it was a really well-taken penalty, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I was so nervous, but... <laughs> he, he obviously was not. So, so nervous does not begin to describe the feeling. <laughs> I mean, if if that ended in a draw, I think we were, I mean, uh, just from a moral standpoint, kind of doomed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, but especially luckily, Ben Foster had the slippy gloves on. Yeah, no kidding. Especially if it ended in a draw when we had the penalty in order to kick him in the, you know, in the gut at the very last seconds. Yeah, and uh, two balls cleared off the line, too, really. It's just, like, so, so close, but... Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I, I was really encouraged by the performance. Um, like I said, it still worries me that, you know, the goal-scoring power isn't there, so one mistake is, is worrisome. Um, if they play like that again on Saturday, do you think they can beat West Brom? I think so, and, I mean... Like you're saying, with uh, with the mistakes, it, it could be a worry that so many defenders are injured. But we'll get to that in a bit. But I think if they if they play like that again, they'll get more than two goals. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, you know, you can't expect Ben Foster to come along and uh, do what he did this week. Uh, but at the same time, I think Villa created enough chances that if that happens again, you're going to see two or three goals. As ludicrous as that sounds. Yeah, I mean, when's the last time we scored three? Yeah, absolutely, and 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 we very almost had four goals headed into halftime on Tuesday, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah, and you just know when you when you have that many good chances and you don't capitalize on them, you almost feel like you're you're just gonna go. It's gonna go back to haunt you. Yeah, it almost did. Fortunately, I mean, fortunately, Loden was a left back, I guess. <laughs> exactly. So so a trio of related questions for you. Who was your man of the first half, man of the second half, and then man of the match? Because I think those three could have different answers. I, yeah, I, th I think so too. I mean, I think 
uh, I mean, Delph completed the most passes on the day. I thought he was he was actually pretty good. Uh, obviously, I guess Clark was was good again too. But I don't know. It's it's hard to give Penteke man of the match just just for that penalty. But I mean. There's, there's no way I could give him man of the match. His second half, aside from that penalty, was atrocious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he did he did look better again, but I guess not in the second half. In the, yeah. I think, I think it's hard not to give man of the first half to Gabby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the first half it was absolutely Gabby. And it's um, hilarious because I don't think anyone wanted to see Gabby playing. I sh- sure as hell didn't after... His last performance, where he completed five out of ten passes in seventy-three minutes, but I, I mean, spent the he, hour before the match complaining about that guy in the lineup. So yeah, yeah, and 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 Zogbia too, and I mean, he did all right. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, absolutely. So, but the the really cool thing about Gabby was it looked like vintage Gabby. That except the problem is it was always even when he was in his prime, we only see that Gabby a few times a year. Yeah, exactly, but, I mean, if, if it's in some of the most important matches of the year, then it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, if he has to have a five-match tear this year, make it now. Yeah, and, I mean, Hutton, sucks about Hutton that he's going to be out, but, I mean, he got his money's worth for that yellow. Oh, good God, he he should have been given a red right there. There is no question about that. Probably, just, just because it was a kickout after the... After he tried to go for the ball, but yeah, absolutely, um, that that should have been a red every single time. I don't, I don't know. I thought Lowen was pretty good in the yep. second half, even outside of the penalty. He was getting getting into good areas, and I mean, I know it's hard to to cut it and switch to his right foot. Who knows how good his left foot is, really? But obviously, not as good as his right. But I don't know. I think I think he was he was positive again, and probably will hold on that spot, but. Maybe the just, impressive thing was he was, was he was able to cut in and put it on his right foot because he was actually pumping balls into the box, which I never expected to see him do in that position. Yeah, and I mean he he won he had a lot of clearances and won a lot of tackles as well. Yeah, absolutely. He he sort of a revelation at left back. He he did better attacking than Ali Sissoko has done all year, and he did defensively about the same as what we've come to expect from Sissoko. Yeah, yeah, I would say just just about as good. I think Sissoko still is a little more solid, but that's probably, again, because he's been playing the whole year. Yeah, absolutely. If Lowton keeps this up, when Sissoko and Richardson are healthy again, is there actual competition there? I, I think so, but I think that's just because um, Sherwood likes a, a crosser at fullback, and maybe Richardson challenged him more than Sissoko. Yeah, but I, I think Sissoko could be in trouble. Definitely, um, especially if Lowton keeps playing like this. He's, you know, sort of relevatory. I thought at left back he was going to be a disaster, but he did decently well against Newcastle. He, you know, he wasn't stellar, but it was his first game at left back. Yeah, his uh, first game back in. Exactly, and then against West Brom, he was, I think, one of the best players on the pitch. I think you're right about that, especially in the second half. Yeah, even even outside of that penalty, which, I mean, that could honestly be the goal of the season just because of, I mean, if it if it propels this team to start winning, then, you know, I mean, pretty important. Yeah, exactly. One, um, one thing I want to mention is uh, I thought Cleverly did well. 
at least, yeah. at least for a while. And he did really quietly. He, and he's been defending better lately. Yeah, absolutely. He, he was putting in a lot of hustle. He was, uh, you know, holding up the ball when it needed to be held up and passing the ball forward, surprisingly, uh, when that needed to happen. Uh, I thought it was really funny, given the fact that you had written a, a smart, well-written piece about how bad Agbon Lahore and Cleverly were, and then they both go out and put in a good match. Yeah, I, I guess I'll have to do that again. Maybe they got motivated or something. But like, <laughs> Tell me how bad Benteke is, please. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, another thing I was gonna say about what, about Cleverly was um, maybe since Sherwood's come in, kind of gives him a new chance under the new manager. Obviously, that's the case for Inzagbia, who's not even in the first team picture whatsoever with Lambert. Yeah, and, and deservedly so, I thought. I, I I'm still not convinced that Charles Inzagbia should be on the pitch. No, I don't, I don't think so either. But it. Uh, it's definitely fair that he gets a new shot in training, at least under the new manager, and then maybe maybe can get onto the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, we've seen it before this year. I'm more than willing to admit that I've been wrong. If it turns out I've been wrong, uh, see Kieran Clark for evidence of that. Uh, so please prove me wrong in Zogbia, but as it stands, I still don't want him in starting 11s. Yeah, but but to be fair, he did look better than he had when we saw him at the beginning of the year. And yes. He would, all he would do was walk forward slowly with the ball and inevitably lose the ball. Yes, absolutely. At that point, he was actively hurting the team. I'm not sure if he's quite helping the team yet, but he's not essentially playing for the other squad. Yeah, you you, you wouldn't rather play with 10 than have him in the squad. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, um, something... I think the worst player was Vyman, and obviously he just came on as a sub, but I don't even remember hearing his name called once or seeing him do anything. Yeah, I didn't see much from him. Uh, I thought Arthur had quite a few mistakes in this match. He, he had a rough go of it. Yeah, but, I mean, that's it, going to happen time to time. Yeah, he had a rough go of it, but then again, he had a few saves. I mean, on that, that potential, you had the two-on-one with two West Brom attackers charging at Guzan, and Akora came out of nowhere to save that from a yeah, shot. Yeah, that was huge. Um, that, that was definitely going to go in the back of the net. And a perfectly timed tackle, too. I mean, I, I hesitate to call it a sliding tackle, because at least, you know, in a tackle, you usually touch someone, and he never even touched the West Brom attacker. Yeah, it was kind of kind of just like a clearance, I guess, really. Yeah, a clearance or an interception or something. Yeah. It was, it was incredible. Um, and so for that, I was sort of willing to forgive him for his transgressions earlier in the match. Yeah, uh, I, think, I mean, I think he just needs to be a little more aggressive in the air, mm -hmm. which which we've seen. I mean, at least if you're going to make a mistake, at least commit to going for the ball. I don't know. And, yeah, I guess it was unfortunate to see Clark get his ninth booking. That's kind of worrying. Yeah, absolutely. Especially since Allen or since Hutton is now out for uh, two matches for getting his ten. Yeah, that that could be big because it will be West Brom obviously in the cup this Saturday, and then Sunderland next, which is just as much of a must-win, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you think of Egbon Lahore in the second half? Because to me, he's he was a totally different player in the second half. Just looked winded. Yeah, I, I I think so. I think that's a good way to describe it because he didn't have he wasn't making the same same runs I guess in the first half and then he got subbed off obviously, but maybe maybe should have got subbed off sooner. Yeah, do you maybe use him as like a forty five minute player now? 
Yeah, but it's the the question then becomes: Would you rather have him the first forty-five or the second forty-five? Yeah. Uh, Which, I mean, honestly, I guess I'd rather take the first forty-five because if he if he comes on, does the same does the same first half that he had against West Brom on what on Tuesday, mm-hmm. then then you don't really need him in the second half, I guess. If we end up if he ends up converting that second goal, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I I also would take him in the first forty-five. First forty-five because one match does not change the overwhelming preponderance of evidence that he stinks this year. Um, and so you know, if you bring him on in the second forty-five in the hopes that he'll change things, if he does what he's done all season, then you've just wasted a sub. No, you you kind of you wasted two subs because you're gonna have to sub him off then, like. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so it's. Can you even afford to do that? I guess. Yeah, so I, I would make him a first 45 player and then, you know, have a really short leash on him in the second half. Yeah, that, that's a good idea because, I mean, maybe maybe second half, get some, some energy back, obviously, from the break. Maybe he can go for 15 more minutes then. Yeah, although he didn't really on Tuesday. He didn't no. have much left in him. Yeah, but that's okay because he, he put in a great shift in the first half, really. Exactly, and if he could do that, he would be a really valuable player. If he could just do one half and do it that well, he's he's worth it. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, if if he can wear out the defense a little bit and then maybe even score or provide an assist. But. Yeah, the idea of him playing one half and doing it well means that he's a better version of what we expected out of Joe Cole. Yeah, yeah, when Joe Cole, what, what do we expect of him now, 30 minutes tops, I guess? Yeah, speaking of which, where is Joe Cole? <laughs> I don't know, he, I mean, he wasn't on your injury report, which I guess we should get to that, because it, it really is a defender apocalypse, as you called it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Villa have, by my accounting, 10 people who could play in the back line as starters, and six of them are set to be missing Saturday's match. Yeah, um, and... I know a lot of people, me included, didn't really want to see Vlar come back in, but if if he was able to come back in and then you could push Clark to left back, I think that could be a decent scenario. Yeah, absolutely. Although, even if Vlar is able to come back in, I'm okay with keeping Clark or more preferably Akora on the bench as backup because I think uh, Loughton at left back and Bakuna at right back could be fine. Yeah, that's, that's true, though, or... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just don't really want to see Lewis Kinsella come in because it's it's just... I mean, I guess this it is a pretty high-pressure match. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I the, the interesting thing to me is, as much as I think it is a defender apocalypse, I don't hate the back line of Bakuna, Agora, Clark, and ba- and uh, Loughton. No, not at all. It's I mean, considering that, like, like you said, 60% of the first-team defenders are going to be out, I think that's a pretty decent... Backline. Yeah, I wouldn't mind starting with that as a normal thing. Um, it's not my first choice, but it wouldn't bug me to high heaven to see that. Yeah, it's um, not like Bakuna right back, Loden, and then Senderos, and then Baker, or something, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's. Uh, or Richardson. Sorry. Yeah, it, the only thing that really worries me about it is not that those four can play well, it's that if anything happens to one of those four, then we're screwed. Yeah, I think so. I think then you have to see Delph. Delph go to left back, probably, mm-hmm. and then, I don't know, maybe you could um, make friends with Wabbit if you play cleverly at center back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we think Sanchez could play one of the wing back roles? Uh, I, I'd probably stick him at center back. I mean, I don't think he's that quick. 
Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, I could see him as a center back. But, yeah, I wouldn't, I'd be less worried about him trying to make a tackle in, yeah. in the middle of the pitch, I guess, but. Yeah, that's true. Um, could be in trouble. Could be in trouble in uh, aerial situations, though. Yeah. So there's options, but it means that you know there's not much chance for squad rotation. But the question is, would you rotate your? You know, it is a cup match, but do you rotate your squad for a derby in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup? I mean, I, th- I think you do in a little bit in the way that Scott Sinclair probably plays, and I don't know. I, th- I think Grealish might actually start. He could. He, he he put in his 30 minutes were the best 30 minutes we've ever seen from him. Oh, he came so close to scoring. God, oh. he scored that. And it was a beautiful chance, too. Yeah. Uh, calm, collected. Uh, Is that ball uh, in from Lowton on the left? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get the arguments from people online that Grealish isn't ready, and, and I've gotten to the point where I'm willing to agree, and I still think he would be best served by going out on loan. But yeah, he's not I, I bad. He's not bad, and he if he could play like that, he's the best 30-minute sub we have, if he could do that every time. Yeah, or or if he can get a goal and get confidence, you know, who, who knows if, what he could keep going on to do. I'm, I'm going to go insane when he gets his first Premier League goal. Or FA Cup goal. Or FA Cup goal, yeah, his first senior goal. There we go. Yeah, I mean, either, um, either one will be great, but... Yeah, do you I, think West Brom... Uh, play a cup lineup at all on Saturday? No, I think they're out for revenge. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I think they'll come at us full force. The one person I would sort of expect to see rotated would be uh, Shea given in for Brad Guzan. I think so. Yeah, I think definitely. But again, Given's been playing really well lately, and Guzan hasn't been amazing lately, so. Yeah, although we have no basis for that argument after Tuesday because Guzan never got tested. No. So, I get, we we can either say Guzan has gotten better or worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it, I think it's hard to say either way. I mean, Gu, I mean, it's not like Guzan's been bad. He hasn't been actively bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, maybe maybe West Brom switched their keeper. <laughs> <laughs> see if they can hire away Shea Given before the match. No, I mean, I, I think just bench Foster. Because, yeah. But. I don't know. We, maybe we could see a Nietzsche B start as striker for them. I mean, you got to you got to think Barahino's going to play because he's really their best goal threat. Oh yeah, and he's absolutely. A great player too, but I don't know. I think maybe maybe make a change in one or two changes in defense, but I I definitely think they'll be out for revenge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, I think I think Saturday could be a hell of a match. I'm I'm really excited for it. It it could be one of those things that just puts me in a bad mood for the rest of the day, though. Yeah, I mean it's it's really too bad that the banner's not going to make it. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't see, we tried to uh, get a banner at the match because a lot of people are planning on bringing banners, streamers, all sorts of stuff to the whole end to make it sort of a festive atmosphere. And we thought we would contribute our wet sandwich albatross banner, but it turns out the image doesn't work. <laughs> Damn albatross. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, there were suggestions of finding another albatross, but I promise you after looking, there are none quite as good as that one. No, no, and, like, uh, I was searching on Google and I searched ugly albatross because, that, I mean, that was probably the best way to describe that thing, but, yeah, it, just, it was just that one photo. Yep, it just kept, uh, alas. But, 
nevertheless, it should it, it looks to be a great atmosphere. I think the match is sold out or close to. Um, yeah, which, which it was surprising the other day that I think only like thirty thousand tickets were sold before them, like pre-sale. Obviously, a lot of people walked up. It looked like because it, it looked like Little Park was decently full for Tuesday's match. Yeah, thirty-one thousand is what they had. Yeah, was final attendance. And if you think about it, Tuesday night, uh, it was a televised match. Thirty-one thousand isn't bad. I mean, it kind of just shows that uh, it's not a huge derby, though. Yeah. Because you you have to think if it was against Blues, it would have been sold out. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, I the thing that has me really going ahead of Saturday's match is the idea of someone like Grealish scoring, scoring a late winner, and just how insane Villa Park would be. Yeah, two two wins in a row. Yeah, I mean we we heard the noise after Benteke's penalty. Uh, yeah, this article maybe the loudest that you, that we've heard in a while. Yeah, absolutely. And and can you imagine doing the double over baggies in a week, getting to Wembley, doing it late, doing something like we did on Tuesday? Villa Park would just rip itself to shreds. Yeah, but I'd rather win it like four one or something than leave it. Late. <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to be sick to your stomach for ninety minutes. No, not not again. No oh, pass. Right. Uh, Although if if we win, whatever. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'll I'll take it any way we can get it. Um, remember though, there is the possibility of a draw. Yeah, a draw. I I don't think that would be the best result. Well, I mean, I think West Brom are going to be safe, but for Villa, then have having to face a replay, that's kind of annoying just for uh, fitness, I guess. I would rather see the draw and a replay than a loss. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it'd be bad to... I mean, it's. I don't think our schedule is so crowded that one extra match is going to kill this squad. And if it's a choice between drawing and even then losing at West Brom or watching them celebrate going to Wembley on the Villa Park pitch, I, I will take anything to avoid that. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, just no, that can't happen. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of exciting, though, because I think there's a good chance of avoiding either the winner of Man United, Arsenal, or Liverpool. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got to hope they play each other. Yeah, no, absolutely. I uh, watched Bradford play Reading earlier that morning. Yeah. Earlier the day. Given, given this season, though, simply making the semifinals of the FA Cup would be a massive victory. Oh, yeah, get, getting to Wembley is huge, I feel like, most years, really, for the club. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I I don't know. I I'm ecstatic. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I am so many emotions about Saturday's match. Yeah, luckily we don't have a, another league match till the next week because I I think the league still has to be the priority. Yeah, absolutely. And that next like next league match is Sunderland, uh, which you think is a must-win match, and I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, I th- I think on the fixture list left, Sunderland, QPR, and Burnley are all must-wins. And yeah. right now, on 25 points, I think with, with three more wins, getting to 34, even if we lost all the other games, I think 34 is good enough for survival. Yeah, absolutely. The problem, the problem is three of those points would be coming from Burnley on the final day, so that could be a bit nervy. Yeah. Um, it's, we had a at Good Man Opinion ask us, are we close to safety and what's the line going to be this year? And 
And I, 34 I might be it. Wild, yeah. It's, uh, but I think Villa can hit 34 before then. I think they can beat Sunderland. Um, I think they have a, a ch- they can probably beat QPR, and one of Everton or West Ham are beatable, because those are both at Villa Park. Those are both matches against teams that are really not doing well lately. No, and I, I would I would even go ahead to say Man United if just if that wasn't a way. I mean, drawing them at home is great, but has there been really a luckier team this year than them? Then they, they haven't been they haven't been good. United. Yeah. Yeah. No, you could see a sneak a point from there. It would not blow my mind. Uh, Swansea is I think winnable or at least drawable. I think I think you've got to think that we could beat Everton. They're, they're almost sucked back into the relegation race. Still have 28 points. Yeah, absolutely. Everton are vulnerable. West Ham have been junk since Christmas. Yeah, but, but like you're saying, Swansea at home, I think that next home match, I think that could be that could be big. I think we'll see a lot of people there. Yeah, I think I think 34 is survival. I think Villa can achieve that. And I think, you know, it's, if you look at it, there's an outside chance that this team could get to 40 this year. Yeah, if Sherwood gets the the six wins that he wanted, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that could be pretty big for momentum going into next year, you know. Just especially if you can couple that with a a run into the semis or the finals of the FA Cup. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, if you get if you get to the final, I mean, who knows, you know. At that point, it's up for grabs. Anything can happen. God, can you imagine winning the FA Cup? Yeah, I mean, it's still as long as we don't go down, because it, you just look at Wigan, it looks like they're going to go down again. Yeah, no kidding. I don't think that even with parachute payments or whatever, or even a new owner, I would not bank on automatic promotion next year. Yeah, no, I wouldn't either. Um, although I think Vela are set to weather it better than a Wigan would be. Oh, undoubtedly, but... I don't know if they'll be able to do exactly what Newcastle did. Remember when Blackpool were in the uh, Premier League a few years ago? Yeah, they're going to go down as well. Yeah, like no question about it, they're going to go down. Yeah, and uh, maybe that's because they their owner's terrible, much worse than Lerner, won't even sign anyone for more than a year. Maybe you remember in, in August in their friendlies, they their <laughs> official Twitter was tweeting out the lineups and like three players on their team and eight trialists. Oh, good God, I remember that, yeah. So they're obviously going to drop. Um, so, yeah, it's we really want to avoid that. And I, I really think Villa can avoid that this year. Yeah, uh, I mean, it looks infinitely more likely after actually producing a win. Yeah, and, and that that continues at Sunderland. Yeah, do you think, you think the kind of seeing the Sherwood effect, I mean, I know... I mean, the Newcastle performance wasn't horrible, but it just the goal kind of even still seemed unlikely then. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the same thing we've been battling. That one mistake seemed to doom us, uh, which is just crazy. One mistake shouldn't doom you. You should be able to give up a goal and still have a chance at getting something. Um, yeah, you, you'd hope so. Like, a, I mean, at least at least getting a point. But as frustrating as it was between. Uh, the win against Leicester in the FA Cup, we saw that first half was dour. Stoke, we saw a crappy second half. Newcastle, we saw a crappy second half. As frustrating as that's been, that was, even before Tuesday, three good halves of football in three matches. We hadn't seen that under Paul Lambert in ages. 
Yeah, and I mean, again, in the in West Brom, it actually looked like we put two decent halves together for the yeah. first time. Absolutely. I mean, the the second half wasn't quite as impressive as was the first, but it was no, still No, but the first good. half was incredible. Yeah, exactly. And the second half was well better than we've come to be used to from this team right now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think Sherwood is already having a big impact. I, I Watching his passion on the sidelines is just incredible. Yeah, like like you said in the article the other day, he really lives and dies with every decision or every incident. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's what you want to see. He actually looks like he cares. Yeah, it's exactly I think what the fans need. You heard it at Villa Park on Tuesday. That place was yeah, he's reacting like a loud. fan. Yeah, absolutely, and and they're reacting with him, and it's it's this nice feeding off of one another. Yeah. Um, so so I I think we're already seeing a big impact from him. I still think he is insane. I agree with the people that call him tactics Tim derisively. Um. But it seems to be working, and I'll take it. Yeah, I think I think under Lambert, that game definitely ends in a draw, you know. And Sherwood maybe maybe had a bigger chance to lose it, but also a bigger chance to win it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, and and I still do have problems with the guy. Like uh, one of the other questions that uh, a good opinion man asked us, which is, what in the world has happened to Carlos Hill and uh, Carlos Sanchez? Uh, uh, yeah, I, th- I think Carlos Hill needs to be starting. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm more okay with Carlos Sanchez disappearing because he hasn't been stellar in the past few appearances he's made. Uh, Carlos Hill had one not-so-great match against Stoke, and now he's been disappeared. Yeah, and, I mean, he's really a player that, if you're an attacking team, I think you could use him. Yeah, absolutely. Everything that we saw Jack Relich come on and do on Tuesday is what Carlos Hill does normally. Roves from left to right, is everywhere, creates chances, attacks aggressively, and plays intelligent football, and that's what Hill is capable of. And I'm not sure why we haven't seen him. I actually sort of expect to see him on Saturday. Yeah, I do too. And I think I think he's obviously a better option at the tip of that, that diamond midfield than Inzagbia is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if Sherwood isn't going to start him, I would like to see a change from the substitution pattern because right now it stands when Agbon Lahore comes off, Vyman goes on. I would rather see that switch made uh, for Hill for Agbon Lahore. Yeah, and then kind of switch a shape a bit, then I think you kind of have to push push someone up either to the wing or move someone back, I guess. But Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it necessitates a change, but I think adding him on, if, if you're not going to start him, which I don't agree with, but sure, if you're not going to start him, at least use him as your big impact sub. Yeah, I sure would like to start him, though. Yeah. Ha. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um... I guess uh, uh, kind of other piece of news we want to touch on is uh, Stylian Petrov is back. Yay! So, uh, and I think I think that's another could be another big boost. And it looks like Sherwood's doing doing all the right things. I guess even behind the scenes. Then. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, I hesitate to say this because you know football god karma and everything. But there is almost no possible way in which bringing back Petrov hurts this team. And there are so many ways in which it can help. I mean, the only downside I see is if everyone just starts shooting from 40 yards into the stands. But <laughs> We've yeah, already that's... got players doing that anyway, so that's Ashley Westwood on every free kick ever. 
Yeah, but who what did Delph Delph ripped one from deep and Foster spilled it and we almost scored. Yeah, no, Delph ripped one from deep and hit the post and then Delph ripped one from deep ripped one from deep and created all that mess that led to the penalty. Yeah. Um, but Delph is capable of that. Most everyone else on this club is not. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, but that said, yeah, I think Petrov will do really well here. He he knows most of these players. He can relate to them. He's an inspiration to many of them. Um, and even if he does literally nothing on the pitch, he makes the fans feel better about the club. Yeah, yeah, and that, I mean that's really important as well. It's, it's really so, important given how often Villa shoot themselves in the foot when it comes to PR. Yeah, and especially lately. Yeah, this is the club that the fans have grown to hate. You know, we we all love Villa, obviously, but we all sort of hate. We love Villa the concept. We all sort of have lately hated Villa the reality. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, I think if. If there's anything that Sherwood can do to, to try to change that, obviously it's not all his responsibility, but I think that's got to help. Exactly. So I uh, I love the idea of having Stan back. I, I think he is uh, a great guy to have around this club. Yeah, and I mean, great great experience, good player, and yeah, all the players definitely respect him, and you know, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Don't welcome back, Stan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think this brings us to the last thing we want for the day, uh, which is, what do you think is going to happen on Saturday? Oh, man. I, I, I mean, I, I think Villa have to win again, you know? Yeah. Uh, do we dare make a prediction, though? I, I'm okay not making one this week. <laughs> well, and we didn't have a pod last week, didn't make one last week either, but... Yeah, so so I'm okay just keeping our mouths shut and not making a prediction. Uh, I'll make a broader prediction. I think Villa actually do end up playing as well as they did on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I think so, even even though there will be... A, I think it will be a bit of a different squad. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. I, th- I think we end up uh, seeing Carlos Hill. We might see Jack Grealish. He, he had such a good turn that he may have forced his way into that starting lineup, at least for the FA Cup. Yeah, maybe maybe could have leapfrog Sinclair um, for for position there because I mean like like I think you had tweeted it before the match that Sinclair scores two goals in the last two games his team's dying for goals and he's on the bench like what but yeah that's they worked out yeah that's a little bit weird that he was left on the bench and I'd like to see him come back he scored two goals in two games and he looked really likely to score. Uh, in that Newcastle game, he looked more likely than anyone else on the club in that Newcastle match. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, maybe maybe we'll see him on Saturday, but match is going to be at 5:30 local, 12:30 Eastern, so kind of late game in the day. That'll be nice, I guess, for people on the West Coast. Really, maybe <laughs> actually to watch it live. Yeah, uh, I I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm more excited for this match than I have been for any in a long time. Yeah, really. Tuesday, I was really just nervous, but now with a first win under the belt, really first important one since December, I guess. I mean, obviously, League Cup ones or the FA Cup ones were important, but yeah, we wouldn't be in the position to be excited about Saturday if it weren't for those other ones. Yeah, that's that's true, I guess. And beating Leicester is always nice, but yeah, I think. I mean, I think really. Uh, Kind of, kind of a good situation. Not too much pressure, I feel like. 
Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I guess we'll stay away from a prediction this week. Hopefully we'll be back next week with video since, obviously, the difficulties this week. But remember, this we are... This nice on... and old school. I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah, kind of nice. The golden age of podcasting. Yeah, when it was actually just just an audio, but <laughs> we are still on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blog Talk Radio, so you can subscribe. Probably don't want to watch on YouTube this week, but... But we'll have it up there if you just want it on in the background in a tab or something. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> And remember to come back to 7500tohold.com for all your Aston Villa needs. We'll have everything related to match coverage for you on Saturday. So until next time, for Robert Lintot, I've been Chad Grimsley. Thanks for listening to The Holdcast.